Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Well, good morning. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup on this beautiful spring day here in the Bryan College Station area, it is anyway. And my name is Pam Marvin. I'm your host for this beautiful Wednesday, the 20th of March. In the studio with me, I have Thaddeus, who's very busy. <laughs> He'll get back to us in just a second. But folks, I want to start off today doing a little something special because of Lent. It's just really on my heart. I've always really desired to start with a prayer. However, it seems like there's always so much other beautiful things <laughs> that it kind of gets pinched out a little bit. So I just wanted to start with, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, dear Lord Jesus. During this Lenten time of penance and purgation, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful season of the church who helps us to re-examine our selfishness and to let go of all things that are not worthy of you. Come into our lives in a special way now. If our Lenten promises have not been going as we'd like, it's a new day. Joy comes in the morning. We can start afresh and anew. Lord Jesus, bless all those who hear our voice today on this show. Bless our loved ones, our family members, and all those that we pray for the conversion to the faith. Come Holy Spirit, bless us all this day. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. So I'm talking about Lent, Thaddeus. Beautiful prayer. Thank you very much, Pam. Well, I have a couple things to say, but I know we have somebody online, so why don't we get to that first? Want to do our, our caller first? Yes, let's yeah. do the caller first and some other things. Good morning, Mike Bonin. Good morning, Thaddeus. Hey, we've hey, got uh, listeners, we've got Mike Bonin on the uh, line. He is a College Station resident, and he's here to talk with us about the start of a, of a Catholic men's fellowship group at St. Mary's in College Station. Mike, take it away. All right. Well, um, we've just started a Catholic Men's Fellowship group at St. Mary's. We actually started today. Um, we meet in room 201 on Wednesdays from 7 to 8.30. Um, there are other groups like this around town. There's one at um, St. Thomas Aquinas that meets on uh, Thursdays at 6 with breakfast. And then I know of one at St. Anthony's that meets every other week on Saturdays. Um, and the whole purpose of this group is for men to c- come together to build fellowship and then through prayer and study, um, learn how to live better as, as Catholic men and disciples of Christ. Uh, so we're choosing as our first resource uh, a booklet that was written several years ago. In fact, I think it was 2016, but it's still relevant today called Into the Breach by mm. Father by Bishop Olmsted in the Diocese of Phoenix. Yes. Um, kind of a call to action for men to step up and be leaders, not only in their families, but also in their church as well as society. Yeah. Doesn't, uh, I think that's quite a good booklet because it sort of starts from 
if you're going to lead, lead with holiness, start being a holy man, right? Exactly. 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 And it's a reminder that God is calling each one of us to be uh, a better person, a better version of ourselves, so right. to speak. Um, and you're right. It begins with holiness so that people can see that there's something different about us. And that's, that's something that's very close to Pam's heart, which is the virtues. Be a virtuous Strive man. for virtue. That's right. Right. We need some more St. Joseph's. Personal holiness, personal virtue. Yeah, it's right. In, right. The, in the shadow of uh, St. Joseph's feast day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a reminder, too, with the guy, we had 10 guys this morning, and for our kickoff, that wasn't bad. I mean, we're getting the word out. Okay. But we reminded each other that iron sharpens iron. We can't do this alone. Right. We, God created a community, and we're called to be in community, and we support each other. And so we become better ourselves. We develop through our relationships. Great. Now, um, you said it's from Wednesdays, 7 to 8.30 in the morning, St. Mary's Catholic Center in College Station. Is this just a Lenten thing, or is it going to be an ongoing um, group of men? No, it's going to be an ongoing group okay. of men. Okay. Um, this, this effort is actually um, part of a diocesan effort that is organized by the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men, Yes. Um, which is under the, uh, the evangelization office of the diocese. That's right. And um, the vision of the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men is that no man is left behind, that every church in the diocese um, is given the opportunity for men of that parish to join a Catholic men's fellowship group so that they can become better disciples of Christ. So there are deanery leaders throughout the diocese who are meeting with churches to encourage the formation of Catholic men's fellowship groups so that men can become better disciples of Christ. Absolutely. So this will be an ongoing effort. The Into the Breach will be an eight-week study, uh, and then we've got another resource after the next eight weeks, which will be a 52-week study, where we'll be following a book called Signpost, How to Be a Catholic Man in the World Today. Wow. Um, powerful resource. Yeah. Now, Mike, um, you've, got, you've got these eight-week blocks, and you've got a 52-week block. That's a whole year long, folks, by the in case you in case you didn't know that, um, obviously you'd like men to be there every single week. But I'm sure if a guy can be there for two weeks, then he has to miss because of travel. Is back in the next week. Just come as often as you can, right? And guys oh, can absolutely. jump into this when in, at when at any point, correct? Absolutely. It's, in fact, I'll be missing the next two weeks. So <laughs> fortunately, our group okay. has uh, several facilitators that. Uh, keep the group going, and we do keep an active email list so that okay. we'll email the lessons that people miss, and they'll be able to stay on top of things. Okay, great. And can uh, can guys bring a cup of coffee and a and a breakfast sandwich or something with them, or are y'all Absolutely. providing food? Uh, well, we're, well, we're going to provide the coffee for sure. Okay, so that's good to know. If guys want to bring something else, they certainly can. Mm-hmm. All right, so free awesome. coffee, free fellowship, free reading. 
Join the St. Mary's Men's Fellowship Group starting up. It started today, St. Mary's in College Station. They're going to be meeting regularly Wednesdays, 7 to 8.30. That's all the time we have, Mike. Thanks for your uh, support of Red Sea Catholic Radio and Thank everything you. you're doing for men in the Bryan College Station and uh, the Diocese of Austin. You're welcome. Thank you, Thaddeus. Thank you, Pam. Yeah. All right. God bless. Hey, Thaddeus, I want to follow that up um, also with this, the 10th annual men's retreat over at Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel. St. Joseph and those gentlemen over there have done a very good job. I've kind of watched this from the outside last year uh, with some of their organizers. You've got Marvin Welch. You've got Stephen Braden. Mm -hmm, You've mm -hmm. got... um, Deacon Pat, and they've really put together an extraordinary weekend for men. Um, and the ones I talked to that that went the previous year have really had a really wonderful experience. And so um, our men are holy men and not so holy as well, because we are all right there striving for that holiness. It's going to be Friday, April the 5th and uh, through Sunday. And if you want to um, register for it, you go either to the stjosephbcs.org website or you can contact Marvin Welch at mrwelch46 at gmail.com for more information. And it is the 10th Annual Men's Retreat, our call to holiness. Amen. Thank St. Bro- Joseph's Parish, right? St. Joseph's Parish. And uh, I don't want this to be, <clears throat> I don't want this to drive anyone away from attending the retreat, but they actually pinched me to, to, to say some words uh, at the retreat. Good. So uh, <clears throat> keep me in your prayers, gentlemen. Please. And on, on piggyback on that one, the women's retreat, which yeah. is coming up right before that. Um, we, are, we are an equal opportunity announcer here at Red Sea Catholic right. Radio and Red Sea Roundup. They must be hitting up us Red Sea folks, too, because right. I will also be speaking at that women's retreat. And um, I know if you've probably heard me talk about Root Sin before, it's a fresh look at it with a different way of coming into it and battling and under. Un, unearthing, so to speak, our root sin mm-hmm. um, and how to draw closer to Christ to acknowledge it and uh, and go on from there. And sure. that's, a, that's a women's retreat where again? And that's going to be at Christ, the Good Shepherd Chapel as well, Friday, March the 29th through the 31st. You don't spend the night there, but it is Friday evening and Saturday, Saturday evening. You can go to the website um, to register at stjosephbcs.org again, or contact Elaine Welch um, for additional information at ebwelch55 at gmail.com. And again, that is the women's retreat. We'll have different types of speakers. There'll be opportunities for confession. And my personal flavor, favorite, favorite, that's a good word. It's your personal flavor. Your yeah, personal yeah. flavor is. Well, I just, in my experience with retreats in general, that when you have time of reflection, reflection questions and small groups, mm-hmm. there's a, it becomes a little bit more f- profound, more personal and deeper. And uh, that is kind of the format of what this women's retreat is going to be. So I, I'm, I'm really blessed and honored that Michelle Braden, thank you. I mean, what a busy woman. She just got back from the beautiful Guatemala mission trip and she's been planning all this and she would not like me saying all these things, but God bless you and God love you, Michelle, for doing all of this. 
if you're if you're getting out there and being God's hands and and feet, you're going to be noticed. So that's that just kind of comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just joining us, this is Red Sea Catholic Radio, Red Sea Roundup here on eighty eight point five in Bryan College Station, on ninety eight point three in the Waco Central Texas area, and one hundred seven point nine down there for our good folks in Palestine, Texas. And you're listening to Red Sea Roundup. If you hadn't heard, we're going to be talking to Sister Alethea Noble in a pre-recorded interview when we come out back from the break, which we're not going to quite yet. Uh, but she's got a great Lenten workbook um, on pondering death, which is famously known as Memento Mori, remembering that we are dust and to dust we shall return. And that's the basically the whole reason for the whole Catholic thing is to get to heaven and be Amen. with our Lord. Well, you know, I have I started it at Lent. Uh, it was a, the motivation through your kind suggestion to have Sister come on the air. Um, but I have to say, I want I want to talk about the Thank t- y'all. the two things. Yes, the two things that have really surfaced as I have been contemplating. It's not nearly as macabre as I had. Really anticipated. Okay, before you roll roll with that, just let me say we've got one more announcement of another women's retreat in Waco, in the Waco area at St. Louis in Waco, Women's Axe Retreat, March 28th through the 31st. You can still sign up. Go to the St. Louis um, Parish website. You can sign up there, get all the information you need. Um, Irene Martinez was good enough to let us know that that's going on. We wanted to announce that today on the radio. Encourage folks to um, go to go to one of these retreats during Lent. You've got uh, several that we mentioned this morning. A women's retreat in Waco, a women's retreat at uh, Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel in Bryan, a men's retreat um, at St. Joseph Parish, all at the end of March or the beginning of April. And now, one of those things we're going to do at those retreats is ponder our mortality, look at why we are uh, going through Lent, and that's what you wanted to speak on, Pam. I was going to say one of the things that's really surfaced is I have been uh, memento mori, pondering my end of life and living at end of life, which you know I have in the past, Thaddeus, but the one thing when I'm doing it on a daily basis is recalls my urgency for virtue. Yeah. I I normally thought, yes, I want to be virtuous, and it is a daily grind to get there, and yes, that is true. Um, But in my mind's eye, I've got 20, 30 years before my death. In my mind's eye, that's what I've had. Uh, But this is really called... No, we don't know that. So the urgency of... uh, growing in virtue has really been what's really come to the surface. So, you know, it's not too late to purchase her book if you want to. Uh, Pursued by Truth, I think is uh, her website. Mm-hmm. And you can you can find it there. Or you can go just to Amazon and pick it up as and well. And you can check in with her daily on Twitter, right? Doesn't she do, if you do that, doesn't she do her Memento Mori posts on you via know, Twitter? She gave up oh, social she gave media up. for Lent. Well, so it's a dry spell for all of us from I'm sister. I'm a horse's something. <laughs> no, no, no. Sister Teresa. Um, no, Susan Lovelett, we are not outside. I'm not quite sure what that noise is in the background, but we will investigate it. Thank you for letting us know. And we love you, Susan. Thank you for listening. Um, so we finished with Sister Alethea Noble, who's going to be coming up in the 
second part of the show, pre-recorded interview. Mm-hmm. We won't be able to take any phone calls or questions. But speaking of questions, before we go away, I would be remiss if I did not bring up this really important opportunity that we have for you, our loyal listeners. And that is that we have invited our bishop, Joe Vasquez, to come on and do a Q&A session with Red Sea Catholic Radio, and he has graciously agreed to that. Um, the date is still being uh, fixed with his schedule, but we have his agreement, and we are now uh, asking for you to submit questions on any and all topics, um, softballs and hardballs, curveballs and sinkers, <laughs> for this Q&A session send it to questions at redsearadio.org or go to our website. There's a huge banner with his handsome visage on it. Click on it and you can send your questions there. This is really important and it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for him to hear from his flock and for you to hear from your bishop answer questions on church teaching, on the crisis in the church today, seminarian formation, um, clergy oversight, uh, financial responsibility, and the like. And so please join us in that. Please submit your questions as soon as possible. you got to do it by April 8th is the closing date for accepting questions. And I've just been joined by, in our studio, Howdy. the great, no. the one, the only, Dennis Mock. The one, the only. But no, I'm actually not the only because my dad's Dennis Maka, and I'm not the great. But thank you. That's true, you're not the one, the only. <laughs> Forgot. Hey, you were talking Peace about to, questions, uh, and we had one. Dennis Maka, we had one come through. I imagine from one of our loyal listeners and volunteers, Susan. Uh, it occurred to me what that noise is that she's talking about, and I have an answer to that question. Dun, dun, many, dun. many of you have noticed over the past week and a half, and have wondered what's going on. I can't get the uh, the signal as well. Well, our transmitter, our main transmitter is in uh, Chicago area in Illinois being repaired. It was just repaired as of yesterday and will be shipped back to us. We are on a backup transmitter, which is kind of just limping Cardinal along. Cardinal is looking at it, checking it out. I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, we're about half power right now. Uh, and, and so the fact that we're broadcasting into most of our area is, is a great Great miracle to, to God getting this signal out. But uh, yeah, our backup transmitter is kind of limping along, and it's a backup for a reason, because we replaced it okay. with another transmitter, okay. but it's actually being repaired. So okay. sometimes those things happen, and that's the need for you know constant financial giving. That's not what this is about. <laughs> I'm just telling you that's what's going on. If you're hearing a kind of a steady gun in the background, that's what it's about, folks. So keep us in your prayers. On that, so our, our new transmitter will be back in in about a week. So, well, newly repaired transmitter. Let's just put it that way. So thank you for that question, and I echo what Thaddeus said. Send in your questions for Bishop Vasquez. This is a very unique and, and wonderful opportunity, very special opportunity he has given to trust us at Red Sea Catholic Radio. Um, 
out of all the radio providers in the diocese, he's uh, we, granted We feel us really this. privileged that he wants to take us up on this on yeah. this offer, and uh, we're looking forward to doing it. It's going to be a great conversation. Yep. And uh, I wanted to wrap up this morning with, um, we were talking about several opportunities for, um, for men, and I just wanted to give a little uh, hello and encouragement. I know there's a lot of... A lot of young guys, middle-aged guys, old guys out there who are probably drawn to the close of their Exodus 90 journey that they might have started back in uh, January. And there's also Exodus 90 uh, guys who started up in beginning of Lent. Hey, hang in there. Uh, people are praying for you. And uh, it's a, it's, that's another great program to uh, draw yourself into holiness and greater virtue. And so... Peace to all of those men and women, and thank you to all of you that are part of that middle class of holiness who are just out there every day striving to draw closer to our Lord, to live our Catholic faith more profoundly and joyfully, and you are coming to know it better and better, we hope, by being a part of our Lenten Listening Challenge and adding a, an hour of Catholic radio to your day. But hang in there. God loves you. We love you. And we'll see you on the other side with Sister Alethea Noble next. I've been healing back again. I've seen heaven and ends of the earth get away. Word on the shoulders. I can take the scars in Well, welcome, welcome. You are listening to KEDC, Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today, Pam Marvin. And just to remind our listeners, this is a pre-recorded show, so we won't be taking any calls during this session. But I want to welcome my guest. I'm so very excited to welcome, and sister, if I say your name wrong, please forgive me, but it's Sister Teresa Althea Noble. Did I say Thank correctly? You. Thank you so much, Pam. I say Alethea. Alethea. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> so, Sister, um, as we were talking just briefly, I have been doing your book for the Lenten um, devotionals, Memento Mori, Remember Your Death. And this this just struck me really deep. Not even just like, oh, I'm curious, but or like, ooh. This has really resonated with me deep down inside. So when Thaddeus had the idea of, of trying to get you on the show, I was just overjoyed. At, but, you know, I want to back up a little bit and just kind of, for people who aren't familiar with you and your order, just a little brief part there and, and how you came about to sit down and write this book. So I'm a religious sister with the Daughters of St. Paul and... Uh, we spread the gospel using modern media. So we ha we own a publishing house and we publish books, but we also, you can find our sisters all over social media because that's the most modern form of media today. And so I have a Twitter account and I started, I, I found out about Memento Mori before I entered the convent. I read a biography of our founder, Blessed James Alberione, and it, said, it mentioned that he had kept a skull on his desk to meditate on death. And I thought that was really interesting and intriguing, and I wanted to do it at some point, but I didn't 
I didn't totally understand the context of why he would do that and what, what the tradition was in the church of remembering death. So last year, I just got an inspiration to kind of follow through on that inspiration that I had many years before. And I got a skull for my desk. And using my Twitter account, I just decided to, to tweet about it because I thought, you know, I, I could just get the skull for my desk and then not really meditate on my death at all. And But a way to do it would be to tweet about it as, as I'm journeying through this process. So I started to tweet about it, and I started to realize that the depth and the richness of this tradition that's really been lost in the church as I was tweeting about it and reading about it and learning about it and really understanding why our founder did that. Um, and so I, it's, it's been a process. I, I tweeted, you know, over 500 days in a row on that. And it's been over wow. a year and a half mm-hmm. that I've been meditating on death. And so that's really what inspired me to write the Lenten devotional because I, as it, as it was changing my life, I could tell that it was changing other people's lives as they were integrating it into their life. And I wanted to give them a resource that would help them to really integrate it into their life. And uh, I thought a Lenten devotional would be perfect because each day they would be meditating on death for 40 days. And Lent is really um, infused with the idea of memento mori. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the perfect season to be thinking about our death in light of what Jesus has done for us. Right. Well, one of the things that um, I think I'm so attracted to it personally And even just as a convert, I don't know if that makes any difference, but I've always started or the way my brain works is to try and and I want to look at my end goal. You know, like if I'm trying to conquer a problem, I want to look at what I want it to look like. Right. So um, that's the kind of always the way I approach problems or issues instead of just trying to figure it out on the way along to start with the ideal. And so this resonated with me, too, because as I sit there and even think about, okay, I want to reflect on. If I meet my maker tomorrow, if I get to look on the face of God, you know, and have to account for what I've done, how, how is my behavior? You know, what is that? What does that look like? You know, um, that model of holiness that he's calling all of us to every single day. So that I don't know, is that part of it, too, would you say? Definitely. You know, the the memento mori, the Latin phrase means remember you will die. And Mm. so really, that's what we're doing every single day is we're remembering that we will die, but that we don't know when that death will be. Our death is inevitable. We're going to die at some point. But a lot of times we like to think that it's far in the future. So we kind of push it off and we don't think about it. But the truth is that we could die at any time. And so we have to be prepared for that death, no matter what our age is. And so, so yeah, it's really kind of the goal of remembrance of death in the Christian tradition is um, to have a good death. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be under tragic circumstances, although we can pray, pray for that will be the case. But really what we're praying is that we will be prepared for death whenever mm-hmm. it comes. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, and also one of the things that I really loved um, in getting to, to look at your book is um, how to make the memento mori daily examine. I'd love for you to just to take to kind of walk us through that because um, as part of the spiritual formation I talk about on my show all the time, um, doing examines I think are just invaluable. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a timeless practice 
Um, and one that I'm not as good at yet that I, I'd like to say I was better at it. Um, I usually get to the point where I can thank God for his graces that day and then I'm, I'm asleep you know, after that. Yeah. But I really, I really wanted to, I, when I read yours, it really resonated with me. So if you wouldn't mind, let's, let's kind of break that down for our listening audience. Because folks, if you're listening to this and say your Lent's not going as well as you would, you know, maybe you've fallen and you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe I didn't make a great choice or really struggling. I really encourage you to, to pick this up, um, to do a daily examine. And Sister's going to tell us a little bit more about how she recommends doing it. Yeah, so when I wrote the Lenten devotional, I was thinking, you know, as this as someone goes through the Lenten devotional, they will be meditating on death for 40 days. But I wanted to give them a, a, key, a tool within the devotional that would help them to extend memento mori or remembering their death past Lent. And so the tool that I included was the daily examine, which is something that St. Ignatius of Loyola promoted. To So you, it's, it's a way that we can offer God praise and gratitude, and then we identify areas of weakness and where we need God's help and grace, and then we ask for grace for the future. And his examine doesn't have an explicit step that says, remember your death, but it's actually a perfect opportunity where someone can incorporate that because the examine really is in the context, it should be done in the context of eternity. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really already implicitly there, but I just kind of brought it out in, in the steps that I wrote. So um, in the first step, you just become aware of God's presence. And it's important when you're thinking of an examine and when you're doing it, not to think of it as an examination of conscience before you go to confession, because those are two different things. An examine is, is you are uh, seeing ways that you've, uh, where you failed to accept God's graces that day. But that shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be on God, God's presence and how God was present to you. So it's very, it's very focused on God. And so we start with becoming aware of His presence and asking for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Then we walk through the day with Him, kind of slowly through the day, and you just note little things that, oh, that didn't feel quite right, or, oh, thank thank you, Jesus, for giving me that grace in that moment. And it's just a, a moment of, of gratitude going through. You, you just go through the positive and the negative events of the day, and, and you just bring them before God um, and sorrow and thanksgiving. And then after that, you remember your death, because I think that helps you to put it all in context. You know, in in the context of the fact that I don't know when I could die, I could die tomorrow, what would I have done differently and what do I need to ask God for the grace for for tomorrow? And so that's the last step is kind of looking towards tomorrow after you think of your death. You look towards tomorrow and you say, if it's your will for me to live through the day tomorrow, God, please give me these graces to grow in holiness and to um, to grow in the ways that you the, that you want me to grow and to be more open to the graces that you're pouring upon me throughout the day. Yeah, I want to I want to like look at step three a little expand on it a little bit more because this is something as a parent I've really done with my kids, like when I pick them up from school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, what it is is your is focusing on how has God loved me today? How have I loved God and my neighbor today? I think that, you know, even if if our, our listeners want to take one step, let's just take that one simple thing. How has God loved me today? 
in how have I loved God and my neighbor today? I, I think that's just such a really great um, moment to pause because then obviously, as you mentioned here, the negative things usually will pop out more because I think our brains are just wired to that um, because of the fight or flight. We're wired yeah. toward a negative. Um, but really focusing, and I find that it's been, it's really tougher than it, <laughs> tougher than it sounds. So when I ask my, my um, children, like what, and they're teenagers now, what good gifts did God give you today? And oftentimes it'll be like, oh, well, I laughed a lot or something of that nature. Yeah, yeah I think gra- gratitude is uh, something that we have to practice. It's not, it doesn't come natural to us, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a really important part of, of, of the spiritual life, but also of, of remembering our death. You know, blessed Solanus Casey, he, he called gratitude the first sign of a thinking, rational creature. And so for him, he lived a real life of gratitude. And I actually found a quote of his today where he was speaking at the funeral of a brother. And he said, death is the last of the blessings that God mm-hmm. showers upon our earthly journey towards home. Mm-hmm. And that, you, that is not a normal way to look at death. Now, sister, I want you to say that one more time because that is really so beautiful. So say that one more time just for yeah. emphasis. He said, death is the last of the blessings that God showers upon our earthly journey toward home. And that comes from a lifetime of, of cultivating an attitude of gratitude and, and being grateful to God. So, so much so that you, you have this relationship with God that you see death as a blessing. And I think that that's really what the practice of remembering death is supposed to lead us toward is is actually at the point of death being ready to meet God, mm-hmm. so ready that we see it as a blessing. You know, I want to take a minute on this note too, since I have an expert in, on the phone. Um, I work with a couple of ladies that have absolutely horrific fear of their death. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's more widespread than I would have thought. I, it's not, I mean, I, I don't really identify with that as well, the fear mm-hmm. of personal death. Uh, so what would you like, you put on your little spiritual director hat there for a minute and talk about w- where that comes from perhaps and which ways people can start to um, go forward to embrace exactly what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Well, you know, people bring this up a lot and, and it's an important point because there's a distinction between uh, a normal fear of death and anxiety, which everyone has really because it's a human anxiety to be fearful of our death. But but then there there are people who have true phobias, that's like thanatophobia, where they're so fearful of death that it's a constant. Um, and so there there's a distinction there. And if someone feels like their death or their fear of death verges on a phobia, that's definitely something that they should talk to a therapist or a counselor about. When... When people talk to me who who have a more just, they have a fear of death and it can be intense because this is the deepest human fear, really. It's kind of the fear beneath all fears. So, So a normal fear of death can be intense. And to be honest, when I started Memento Mori, when I started thinking about my death every day, it it brought up a lot of feelings of anxiety at the beginning of the practice. 
And because when you're imagining your death every day, it's, just, it's not something people normally do. <laughs> and it's not, it's not pleasant to think of yourself dying and, and to think of the possibility of, of dying any, at any time. So I do, I do think that this does raise anxieties, but, the, but over time I have found that my anxiety has lessened about my own death, but also the death of my loved ones. Mm-hmm. So I do think that memento mori is a practice that can help us to grow in faith and to have less anxiety about death. But, but it's a process. It's not something that happens immediately. It's, it's something that you kind of have to just plunge into and just plunge through those negative, um, difficult feelings. But when you're doing it with God and you're consciously meditating on your death, I do think that it can decrease the fear of death, which is really St. Athanasius and on the Incarnation, he, he describes that as the sign of a Christian to, to despise death and to have no fear of death. And he describes how the Christian martyrs would go singing to their death. Mm. Now, that's, you know, I, I'm not at the point where I have no fear <laughs> of death. But, but I do think that that remembrance of death, a regular remembrance of death, can decrease our anxiety about it. Right. I want to just read this quote that you have there at the end of the examine part from St. John Vianney. Let us prepare ourselves for a good death for eternity. Let us not lose our time in lukewarmness, in negligence, in our habitual infidelities. That's just... That just really kind of encapsulates more of what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, tell me a little more about um, walking through the book. What What can I expect? You're giving me kind of, you know, what can I expect by the time I get to the end of this? How well, How did it so change you? Uh, writing it or, or meditating on death? Meditating. Yeah. You know... I think one of the major things that it's done for me is that it's given my life greater focus. I've, I've described this as a conversion within a conversion, and the life of a Christian is, is a life of little conversions. Absolutely. But, but I think all of us can identify major conversion points. And for me, my major conversion points was coming to belief that God existed and then I would say Memento Mori has been a conversion within a conversion because it's, it's really changed my behavior and my attitude about life. Mm. And it's given me a greater focus and I'm able to see, see life in, in a greater context. You know, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity said that we see the true value of things by the light of eternity. Mm. And that's what Memento Mori has helped me to do. It's helped me to kind of get out of the mess of every day that you kind of get mired in and to see things from a bigger perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's also helped to motivate me um, to live for holiness because I think the devil really tries to get us to believe that we have lots of time on our hands mm. and that we can, we can do that in the future or, you know, you'll, you'll get to that soon, you mm. know, or sometime you'll get to that. But when we're really thinking death could be around the corner, it helps us to to really become more energetic and to live God's will now, mm. to live for holiness now, and not to think that you necessarily have decades to grow in holiness. Right. 
Well, has there been any particular um, story you want to share about maybe a growth in virtue based in light of Memento Mori? Like a certain, is there a certain perhaps virtue that you, this this comes a little more natural for you? I don't want to put you on the spot here, but because maybe it's coming a little more natural now than say perhaps it did in the past. I think it's helped me in a lot of virtues in the sense that it's helped me to discipline myself and to, you know, to ask God for the grace to um, conform to his will now instead of saying, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow to do that. And, and to really believe that God's grace is present for me to conform to his will now mm-hmm. in, in every moment instead of thinking, you know, I, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow to do this or I'll just put this off. So I don't, I don't know what virtue that would be. Maybe, maybe in a sense, prudence, mm-hmm. perseverance, I'm better choices, tenacity, perseverance, yeah. fortitude. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure. definitely. I think fortitude is one of them. Yeah, that's wonderful. Mm. Oh, uh, sister, this is Thaddeus, the. Uh, the sometime co-host with, with Pam. Um, <laughs> yeah. Boy, lots of, you know, interesting things are just going around in my mind. I wanted to go back to your, um, your Twitter project that you've, you've done over the last, what, year and a half now, two years almost maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, the reputation of social media is that it is very immediate. It's very short term. It's um, focused on the now, mm-hmm. and you're using it to raise people's horizons. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about why you th- why you thought that it was it was necessary or appropriate to to take something like meditation on death to a platform like Twitter, a means of communication like Twitter. <laughs> and how people have responded to that would be yeah. interesting. That's that's a good question. I think I think it's just our charism to to bring things to the use of media. So mm-hmm. whatever I'm I'm kind of going through on a on a spiritual level, I I prudently will share that online. Um, and so it was, it really was just a natural thing for me to share that. Oh, I got this skull for my desk, and I'm going to try this out, and and then and then I kind of see what happens, you know. God God kind of helps me to see, you know, what people are responding to, and what what kind of and the memento mori thing was just so obvious because immediately people started to respond to it, like there were there was a thirst for it, and so I. And I actually was going through a pretty difficult time in my life. I wasn't really hoping for this to take off. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to hibernate for a while. And all of a sudden, it just took off. And people were buying skulls for their desks and telling me that it was changing their life. And that was the thing that, that just started, that just helped me to see that that God was in charge of this, was people kept saying to me, I there were a couple people who said I went back to church because of the the tweets about Memento Mori. Several people said they they started going to confession regularly. Mm. 
One man said that That's he, awesome. he hadn't been to church in many years, and he read one of my tweets, and he, had, he was going through a really difficult time. He was overworking, and he just felt just so despairing. And mm-hmm. he read one of my tweets that was just a, the scripture passage from the day that was Memento Mori related. And as he walked into the church, he heard the priest saying that those words from the gospel of that day, oh, right wow. as he walked in. And he just thought, wow, God is speaking to me. Exactly. And so he went back to church. So I, so these things kept happening, which obviously that's, that's all, all God. Like he mm-hmm. just was using this as, and our, our founder, Blessed James Alberione, I think this was his plan from heaven because you know, when he, he spoke to our sisters in the 1950s, and even then, he noticed that people weren't thinking about death, and they weren't thinking about the last things in general, about heaven, hell, judgment. None of those things, people just kind of didn't want to think about it. And he said to our sisters, do not fall into this trap. Do mm. not forget about the last things. And he said, meditate on your death and make sure that others meditate on it. Mm. So I had never read that. One of the sisters found it as this was happening and, and brought it to me. But so I, th- I think this was, this was God's plan. And it just kind of made itself apparent. I just kind of decided to tweet about it a couple times. And, and it just turned into something because God wanted to turn it into something. Which, by the way, I want to tell our listeners, you find uh, Sister um, on Twitter at Pursued by Truth. Excuse me, pursued by truth at pursued by truth, and that's yeah. um, Sister Teresa Alethea. Does they right? Alethea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get it right sooner or later. Sister yeah. Noble. Yes, yeah, Sister Noble. Yeah. Sister Teresa. <laughs> um, yeah, I think let's let's stay on that tack of thinking about death, thinking about the four last things, and how that that's almost it sounds like what blessed alberioni was saying is it's that's almost necessary to really um live the christian life authentically and not just turn it into a good works project or a, a social uplift project yeah does that make sense yes yes when you lose the dimension of uh, eschatology in our faith, you you lose our faith. And so I, I think that's what's happened a lot is that we're very focused on the here and now, which is which is important. It's very important. But and the works of mercy and the corporal works of mercy are so important. But it's also important to remember where we're going and the reason that we're doing these things because right. we want to be united to God and united to our neighbor. So and and scripture, all throughout scripture, we're reminded to to remember our death. On Ash Wednesday, when the the ashes are traced on our forehead, we hear the words that God said to Adam and Eve as they left the Garden of Eden: "Your dust, and to dust you shall return." That was a reminder of death, and that was a reminder to remember death. And so this is. This is this is an integral part of the Christian life, and I think some people have responded to what I'm doing um, a little negatively. I think maybe because the symbol of the skull can be a little off-putting, but and and I say to those people, fine, you don't like the symbol of the skull, that might be a sign that meditation on death might be helpful to you. But if you don't like it, that's fine. But meditation on death itself is it's it's not just 
this thing that we could or could not do. It, it is an integral part of the Christian life. So it's really important. Yes, yeah, sister, I, I took the opportunity to listen to some of your little YouTube videos when really enjoy them, by the way. Um, listen to you, your story. So if anybody's interested in that, you can find Sister on YouTube as well. But one of the things that really struck me when you said, remember your death, and I started thinking of the kind of the duality of death as far as for me, and dying to self in this life. So there's that, that kind of that personal death that we try to, to take on so that we can lose our will to be more united with God's. Um, and so remembering my death daily has a little twofold um, connotation for me. And I, I'm supposing that's part of this as well, because you're learning to die to self. Definitely. That's part of the Christian life. And I think preparation for death is is um, accepting that, that daily death that Jesus tells us, you know, in the Gospel of Luke, he says, if anyone wants to become my follower, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So we take up our cross and accept our death um, in many ways. And, you know, um, dying to ourselves is, is accepting the fact that we're mortal and finite in many ways. So we're not God, we're not perfect. And so that, that's, that's like a constant dying to ourselves. But by dying to ourselves, it's, it's, um, we're entering into the death of Christ, which, which we've, we've entered into through our baptism, but we're entering into it more and more deeply. And the death of Christ is what has saved us. So, exactly. it's, so that's, that's really where we find the hope in our Christian life is by dying to ourselves. It's a paradox. Mm-hmm. But by dying to ourselves, we enter into into the death of Christ, and in that death we find life. Right. I, I like what I heard you say, that um, we cannot enter into the, in the resurrection until we go through the death of Christ. And, and so that's part of why he wants us to contemplate it by having the crucifixes. Or you said something, you said a lot better than I'm saying it now, but you know, can you recant that for us? Seem like that. He, he is. Uh, you have to get through his death to get to a resurrection. Yeah, I think I think it's a human uh, temptation, but I also think it's a temptation in a lot of Christian faiths, including Catholicism, where we 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 like to think that that God just pours blessings on us if we follow Him, and that's just that's our life, and we just expect blessings all the time. But we are following a savior who carried a cross to the place of the skull. Mm. And he asked us to carry that cross along with him. That is the Christian life. So we can run away from suffering as much as we want. But when we run away from suffering, we run away from Jesus. And Jesus is the one who has saved us. Jesus, after you know, the, he, the place of the skull, he rose from the dead. But we can't just kind of take a detour around that because he didn't take a detour around that. And he told us to carry our crosses with him. So, so right, we have to follow him. And knowing that as we follow him to the place of the skull, he's going to bring us to the place of the resurrection. Mm. Should, should we expect a personal Golgotha? Should we, should we look for a personal Golgotha, a... Um a time or a moment of intense uh, suffering and ridicule, uh, loneliness, and everything that our Lord went through on the way of the cross and in his crucifixion. Should we 
Are we called to to expect that as Christians? I I think it's the nature of the spiritual life. And St. Ignatius said that we're going to go through times of desolation and times of consolation. And I don't, I don't think that God necessarily gives you your sufferings, but I think that he is always working through them and always bringing a greater good from them. So, so yes, Mm. but yes. And, And I've lived through my personal Golgotha's at different points, and I'm sure that I will in the future. But Jesus, the, the thing about it is that the thing that has always gotten me through this, through those times, is to say, Jesus, I, I am here right beside you on, while you're on the cross, and help me to stay here because I, I want to remain here with you. And that's really my only consolation in this time of difficulty is that I know that you are with me and I am with you. Mm. He goes before us always. Yeah. Another thing that comforts me along these same lines, uh, I'll never forget kind of the moment that I learned, I learned the um, Hail Holy Queen. And I remember it really resonating so deeply. And it was like, I had this huge aha moment of, and after this, our exile, you know, because that that really was very poignant for me to say, wait, you know, this is not this is not heaven. This is not this happiness in all flowers and goodness, which is a kid. I think at some point, if I'm successful, I'll be happy all the time. When that's not that's not a reality. It's is we are in exile. This is not our home. And I think that's part of you know reflection on memento mori too. It's like this is not our home. So let's remember uh, to do the best we can because we are on a pilgrimage. Absolutely. Um. Were you going to say something, Thaddeus? I was just going to ask you to kind of go off of that maybe and also include, where does Our Lady fit into this this um, remembering death? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say in response to Pam that um, I was going to bring her up because I, th- I think that Mary is is a companion on, on this road of meditation on death. And I think she she was the one who, after Jesus' death, she knew that he was going to rise. I think she was probably the only one who knew in her heart that, that, that it was going to happen. Um, but she walked with her son through the suffering, um, knowing that there was hope on the other side. And so I think she can help us. The reason she was able to do that is because she had such a strong faith. And so I think she can help us to grow in faith mm-hmm. and to have, have, trust in God and to really, really to believe that there's something on the other side of death, because that can be hard sometimes. And um, sometimes we, we won't feel it and we won't, we'll, we'll feel uh, our weakness and our inability. You know, we're, we're like the, the father in the, in the gospel that we read recently, Lord, help my unbelief. And so I think she's, she's our companion in that journey and can help us to, to believe and to know that Jesus has conquered death. You know, another question I had that came spun off of what you just said is talk. I think that the common conception that everyone goes to heaven that you know you have faith in Christ and then that you you're you're going to go to heaven when you die i think that contributes to people not 
not pondering their death and, and thinking that mm-hmm. death and the end and the four last things, it's not really a big deal. But the Catholic doctrine of purgatory, that, that truth, is so vital to, uh, to not falling into that error of um, presumption. Absolutely. And I, I think, I actually think that meditation on death can help uh, helps us to take more seriously the reality of the, of the last four things and to really, uh, uh, to really prepare ourselves for them. Because I think, I think sometimes it's presumption. And I also think sometimes it's that we just want to ignore things that are unpleasant and not think about them. But a meditation on death helps us is kind of a doorway into thinking about those things. And, and as we grow in faith through meditation on death, it can help us to, to think about things that can be quite unpleasant. So I think, I think that's why I, I, this was all God's plan. It wasn't really my plan, but I'm, I'm writing a prayer book on the last four things. And it, and I, I realized as I was, as I was meditating on my death, that it was helping me to meditate on the on the other last on the other um, last things. And I think it's a doorway for people. It's a more approachable doorway to start with death, but then to move into the other things. Because once you've once you've moved through the process of meditating on death, you have a stronger faith, you have a stronger belief in God, and it helps you to approach the idea of purgatory and hell in in the proper way because the reason that we want to avoid hell is because we want to be unified in union with God. That's the purpose of memento mori and that's the purpose of meditating on the last things. The reason we want to avoid purgatory is because we want to go straight to heaven and we want to be in union with God. And and memento mori is what helps us meditating on our death is what helps us to prepare for those last things, whatever's on the other right. side of death, and right. to take them seriously. Well, sister, I can't believe we're, we're kind of coming to the end of our time together. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to help us out. But again, I want to encourage people to follow sister at Pursued by Truth on Twitter and Instagram too, I'm guessing, maybe? You have Instagram? Yeah. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. as well. And we look forward to your next project. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. Oh, well, it's just a blessing, and I hope you'll come on again, especially maybe to talk about your next book then. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, sister, for joining us today. And until then, go and love your neighbor. 